Last week, I was on an Instagram live with at shine.science, and I got asked the question about how I handle criticism on social media. As you guys know, I put myself out there a lot. I blog. I have the uh, the YouTube channel. I have this podcast that you're listening to, Instagram, Pinterest. I know I'm missing stuff. I'm on TikTok, but I had to stop because I was... It, it, it was just taking too much time. But anyway, I am everywhere. And a lot of people wonder how I deal with this because when you put yourself out there, you are innately succumbing yourself to comments. They always say, don't read the comments. Well, I am here to tell you that I read all all of the comments, every single comment I get. And I respond to a lot of the comments. So today I'm going to talk to you about my attitude towards dealing with the comments. And even if you are not on social media, even if you are not a scientist, all of this advice is really great for dealing with any sort of unsolicited advice or rejection of any sort, which happens to all of us in life. And if you want to become a scientist or in the sciences, you for sure know that rejection is a part of the deal. We have to write scientific papers. We um, take tests on our way to, to getting our degrees. When you're doing your master's, your PhD, you have thesis and dissertation dis- defenses. So you have all these tests where you have the opportunity to get rejected and, of course, job rejections too. So this, is, this podcast is really full of a, some great advice, no matter who you are, and I really hope you find it useful. So let's just get started. Let's get into the content. Hi, I'm Dr. Stephanie Shuttler, a wildlife biologist who's learned throughout her career studying animals that science alone cannot save species. We need you. In the Fancy Scientist podcast, you'll learn about fun animals, conservation tips, and science advice, all while breaking stereotypes about what a scientist looks like. Let's get started. Before we get started on actually dealing with the comments and going through some of the comments that I get, let's first set the stage for this problem. So why are scientists putting themselves out there? Why are they having social media, blogs, podcasts, etc.? Well, we do it for different reasons. For some of us, it actually is part of our job. But a lot of us do it really as like a side thing because we want to and we either feel like we have some sort of responsibility to society or we just really enjoy doing that. We enjoy sharing our research, sharing science, sharing this knowledge that we have that regular people don't know including myself. I'm, I don't know a lot of what other scientists know, so we can learn from each other. So a lot of scientists are genuinely excited about creating their own Instagram accounts, Twitter accounts, and sharing knowledge, sharing the inside scoop on their research. But there has also been, I would say, pressure. I'm, I'm going to use the word pressure lately, that scientists share their research because... There's been a public disconnect with 
science, at least here in the United States. And there has been an increase of mistrust of the public towards scientists. We saw this happen with COVID, where some people were really against the masks. And now we have some people who don't think that the vaccine is safe. It is. It's well-researched, so I highly encourage you to get your vaccines. I, I got my last one last Saturday. So we have some public mistrust of science. Here in the United States, we had a lot of people who didn't want to accept that people are the driving cause of accelerated climate change. So there's been a lot of issues where the data is really strong. So vaccines, climate change, the data are really, really, really strong that climate change is driven by by human actions and that vaccines are safe. But there's still this this communication gap with the, the public. Sorry about that. I actually I just accidentally hit a button on my recording device. But anyway, so scientists are therefore under this pressure, whether it's self-pressure or we feel it from our institutions, honestly, a lot of this comes internally, to to talk to the public and to share research with them so they gain more trust. And there's there's been research to show that, that when people know other scientists and when they see them, they're, they're going to have this connection between them and have them be more likely to believe them. And they're going to see that we're humans too. When I was growing up, the only scientist I knew of was Jean Goodall. And outside of her, I always thought of scientists like in lab coats, you know, in chemistry labs, mixing test tubes, you know, the stock photo images that we all get in our heads. So doing this by putting ourselves out there, we show that we're humans, we're compassionate, we're fun, or most of us are fun, that we're not so serious, we're not so one-dimensional, and that we can relate with you on a human level. This is a big reason why I do Fancy Scientist. Every every Friday, I feature a different fancy scientist, because so many of us have the stereotype of what a scientist looks like, And because I tend to be fancy, and that's how I got my name, Fancy Scientist, I worked with teachers, and they were surprised by how fancy I was. I made it a mission to find a different fancy scientist to feature every single Friday, and there are so many of them out there. Last week, I featured somebody who is a beauty queen. She had all these beautiful pageant photos, and by looking at her, you know, through the stereotypical lens that our society gives, you would think, like, I would never expect her to be a scientist. That's what would go through your head. So anyway, I am trying to dismantle this stereotype. And over the past few years, there's definitely been a lot of scientists jumping on social media, especially Twitter, especially Instagram. And I think it's a really great thing. Another big reason why scientists put themselves out there is because the way that we communicate our research is inaccessible to most people. The primary way that scientists communicate is through peer-reviewed publications. So we publish our results in an academic journal and most people can't read those. Even myself, if I were to read a paper published in an academic journal, a scientific journal of a different discipline, I would really struggle 
to to understand a lot of the methods, data analyses, things like that. So it's really inaccessible to the public. So like for me, I get a lot of joy out of my research and the most fun part is like is sharing about it in my opinion. So that's why I've devoted so much of my life honestly and now and now my my full-time business to science communication. I'm talking to, I wanted to talk about comments and dealing with negativity too, because first, I want to encourage scientists um, and everyone out there, if you want to put yourself on social media as an educational platform, do it. People have this perception, which is why they asked me the question of like, how do I deal with negativity and comments? And I first and foremost wanted to say that for me, social media has been an extremely pleasant experience. By far, most of my comments are are nice, helpful, people thanking me, or you know, even just like the little likes and stuff, they help a lot. So I think a lot of scientists are really scared to put themselves out there because they are afraid of being criticized. I think a lot of scientists are afraid of being wrong too. And it's okay to be wrong. We are all wrong at times in our life. I have been wrong before in creating content. And with blogging, it's really great because you can just update your blog posts. That's awesome. And nobody knows you're wrong in the first place. With other things like Twitter and other forms of social media, Instagram, you can update. Facebook, you can update. Update. But other things you can't. There are ways to include little corrections. So for Twitter, you could delete your tweet or you can respond to people and and correct the tweet. So things like this happen all the time. And quite honestly, they're no big deal. So don't let this hold you back from starting to do scientific communication or any educational endeavor because um, honestly, it's such a tiny, tiny portion of science communication. Okay, so let's get into what the what it's like to get comments and how I deal with it. So first of all, I have a, a couple of different comments that I wanted to disentangle. I wanted to uh, separate them for you. So first of all, there are the trolling comments. And the next category I give is a negative comment, but it's informative and it can be ridiculously negative too. And another one is just disagreements. So trolling is the one that I think most people are scared of and, you know, it can be awful and mean, horrible comments. If you watch South Park, I love South Park, there's an episode where, where, Kyle's dad, yeah, Kyle's dad, turns into an internet troll and just says these ridiculous, harmful, mean things. And if you get a comment that is like so cruel, so nasty, just flat out ignore it. That's a troll. They are trying to get a rise out of you. I I rarely, rarely get those kinds of comments. I can only think of like a couple of instances where I've had those comments. And it's laughable like I'm just like okay whatever it totally doesn't hit me at all because it's so ridiculous that it's like 
of course they're just trying to ruffle my feathers or whatever. I don't know, even know what they're trying to do, make themselves feel good. So for example, in my Instagram stories, I had my hair up one time, like a, like a top knot, and I didn't have any makeup on. I didn't look the best. I, I knew that. And you know, sometimes with your, your camera angle, you, you look strange. <laughs> and somebody replied to me in my stories, I look like dis- looked like a snake. Obviously, I don't, I know I don't look like a snake. So that just, okay, whatever, just fine. It made me laugh, actually. So that's the way that I respond to trolling comments, as I really don't give them just even two thoughts, really. I just think they're so ridiculous and, and so stupid that I ignore them. Now, where it does come into play is if somebody is trolling you or saying something mean to you and you feel that there's a bit of truth to it. For example, somebody <laughs> wrote to me in my stories that I I look like I'm on the ed- edge of exhaustion. And somebody else insinuated at one time in real life that I had under eye bags and I I do. I mean, everyone does. But my under eyes, they just like natu- naturally indent. So I don't get like puffy eyes. And if I sleep a lot, they're still like nat- naturally indent- indented. In- indented. That's not the word I'm looking for. They're indented. So it kind of looks like I have this this bigger under eye than I actually do. And I read that comment and it really, it did get to me for a minute. Like, oh my God, like it, I, do I look exhausted? Do I look just you know awful here on social media so there are some comments where it does hit you to something you might feel vulnerable to and I'll go through a little bit later how I deal with comments like that like what what are the steps that I do to overcome comments that that genuinely do hurt my feelings and then there's comments that are really just disagreements So for example, I rarely post anything related to politics because I genuinely want to appeal to a wide audience. I embrace all different people from all different backgrounds. I have friends from all the extremes of the political parties here in the United States, extremely conservative and extremely liberal. But I did feel around election time that I needed to make a post um, talking about politics because voting is such an integral part of conservation and the environment. And somebody commented, basically, you know, they said something nasty, like I didn't know what I'm talking about and... I don't remember the specific details of it, but they gave they gave information in their comment to support their argument. So in that case, I did reply to the comment and, you know, talked about my my own argument. So in that case, it wasn't it, yes, it was negative in tone, but it didn't bother me because it was just something that we disagreed about. And I truly believe it's okay to have disagreements on social media. And so many people don't handle comments on social media well. And I, I belong to this Facebook group for, it's like wildlife identification in North Carolina. And I cannot believe how many posts there are where the admin has to turn off the comments. And these are just these are just about wildlife photos, like identifying wildlife. But people can get, you know, so nasty and so back and forth in the comments just over something silly as an identification 
that yeah we've just kind of like lost our ability to 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 deal with these types of comments and to have these types of discussions and it's okay to be in disagreement with somebody so one of my steps for comments i'm just going to go right into the types of things that i do to deal with the comments is that no matter what the comment is pretty much if, unless it's trolling trolling i usually completely ignore but no matter what the comment is I I usually thank them for their input, even if I disagree with it, even if it's negative in tone, even if they're making fun of me, saying I don't know what I'm talking about. I thank them for the comment. I thank them for watching my channel or listening to my podcast. I guess I I can't respond to comments on my podcast. I, I thank them for reading my blog. I thank them for watching my videos, something like that. And right away, that disarms people. And I do it from a place of, of genuine joy and, and compassion for that person. So behind every single account, unless it's a bot, it, there's, a, there's a real live human being with thoughts, feelings, and emotions. People go through different things. You have no idea what's going on in that person's life. And yes, they may be taking out something that is going on and that is difficult in their life out on you. And if you see it from that lens, then you will realize that so often these comments have nothing to do with you and they're more a reflection of how that person feels about themselves rather than than you. So that is one of the, the angles that I use when I am reading comments so I, I don't take it to heart. And there's this quote I'm going to, well, let me give an explanation for the quote that I'm actually taking this manifestation course, which is, I know something that sounds crazy, but I am, I've become super into manifestation and I actually want to do an episode about manifestation, but how I describe it is it's like goal setting, but you just imagine you've reached your goal already and this helps you reach your goal faster. But anyways, in this manifestation course, we were learning about the subconscious and essentially you're, you're programmed by society standards by about the time that you're seven years old and you're taught to deal with certain things, emotions, you know, handling arguments, things like that. You you are taught by viewing your parents, by viewing society, watching TV, stuff like that. And we're not taught to to act out our our traumas or to deal with our traumas. So what we do is we deal with them in these inappropriate ways. So in this manifestation course, whenever somebody the way that the teacher deals with negative comments or negative commentary or anything is that she views that person as a seven-year-old acting out their their seven-year-old trauma. So it's really hard to f- not feel compassion for a seven-year-old. If a seven-year-old were to do something, you know, you know, bad, we would be like, oh, they're a kid. They don't understand and help them understand. So I like to use this compassion towards humanity, and it has helped me a lot. It has helped me foster discussions from YouTube comments, even over things that that we disagree about scientifically or that the, you know, the data are on my side, the research is on my side, but they don't see it from that angle. So thanking them right away is a is a disarming way to engage your your reader, even if they are a negative reader. So that's that's one of the first things that I am going to do. Okay, this this next 
tip is a gigantic one. I would say that if you don't take anything away from this podcast, take away this this tip. It is impossible to get everyone to like you. Impossible. Think about your favorite celebrity right now. Think about who you thought was the best politician. They have haters. If if you took, okay, two examples here in the United States. We had Barack Obama. People loved him. People thought he was the best president in the United States in modern history. People hated him. There are people who thought he was the devil and ruining our country. And the exact same is true for for Donald Trump. Some people loved him, were, were fervent supporters of him. They they adored him. They draped themselves in Trump flags, and other people hated him. Now, those are some extreme examples. But if you think of any celebrity, even more benign celebrities like like Tom Hanks. There are people who who demonize Tom Hanks. I've I've heard the the QAnon people have said things like he drinks the blood of babies for real, which is crazy. And Tom Hanks, you know, he's such a likable person. He's such a good actor. So everyone has their haters. Oprah has her haters. I remember when people were floating around around the idea of Oprah running for president, there were some like Facebook memes and and evil stuff said about her, about how awful she was. So no matter who you are in the world, no matter how remarkable you are, no matter how many good things you do for humanity, there will always be people who don't like you. So if you go into this, if you go into your science communication knowing this, that you will never be able to please everyone, that not everyone will like you, then you can have a negative comment just it's just part of of the deal it's just part of the game you can't please everyone and and that's okay it's okay if people don't like you it's it's totally fine I don't like everyone I don't like I mean I guess I'm nice to everyone I shouldn't say I don't like everyone but maybe I don't you know like all the tv shows or all the celebrities we all have our preferences so it's okay not to be liked and it's an impossible goal What's important to me is if I am in alignment of the content I am creating, if I support it, if I believe in it, of course, if the science is on my side, I do evidence-based research. That's what I use for my all of my social media content. Now, if I get a negative comment, I will look into that comment to see if there's some information that can help me. I have this post about Black Panthers in the United States and that there is no evidence, there's no scientific evidence that there are Black Panthers in the United States, which is a a melanistic jaguar or leopard, and there's no jaguars or leopards in the United States. Except for jaguars, uh, there's there's like one that has been spotted in Arizona. But anyways, for the most part, nothing. And I have all these comments about people swearing they saw Black Panthers. And in some of the comments, they insinuate that I think I'm better than them because I have a degree or because I'm a scientist. So that is actually something that I am taking in as information when I make future videos. Like, am I coming across as like too authoritative or too 
academic and and I want to be more relatable. So sometimes within the negative comments, you can see a nugget of, of advice that, that might actually help you and and it's okay. But again, you're going to have to like sort through what is actually true and, and what's not like going through my exhaustion comments. My exhaustion comments, I don't, I guess I don't know if it's true or not, but it did bother me a little bit, but but whatever, I, I let it go. Another thing I wanted to say about, about having negative comments is once you have negative comments, once you have actually trolls, you've, you've made it. You're, you're a celebrity. You're a celebrity on social media. If you think about all the celebrities out there, they all have their haters. So you get to talk about your haters and you get to elevate to that new different status. So use it as a positive thing that you are saying things that people are listening to. So, so I personally, I always like getting comments even if they, they are negative. Another thing I want to talk about is that as human beings, we are evolved to focus on the negative and to dismiss the positive. If a hundred people were to comment on what a great job you did in a talk, but one person said that was a horrible talk you were going to remember that one negative comment, that that was a horrible talk. And that is what you're going to focus on. And evolutionary, and evolutionarily, this makes sense because as human beings, we had to focus on what was wrong. Because if something was wrong, it could affect our survival if we didn't have enough food or something like that. So we're always focusing on what's wrong. So you have to train your brain to focus on what's right. So there's a couple of ways that I think about that. First, I really take in all the positive comments that I get. I, I I read them and I feel them too. And I feel I feel gratitude towards them. And it's been so great, actually. I've been doing this market research for 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 my, for this for the fancy scientist business for understanding what pe- pe- what struggles people are going through so that I can create more content for you guys to help you more in your wildlife career and it's been so great to hear from people directly and to know that this podcast has an impact. It's been so, so great because sometimes you just feel like, or actually most times you feel like you're just speaking into an empty microphone and a, a blank camera. But to know that there's other people on the other side that you are really helping, that just means so much to me. So a lot of people recommend you do this and I do this too. I will take screenshots of the comments that are super sweet or, you know, like I really helped somebody in a way or somebody really benefited from some of the content I created and I will save them in a folder or I'll save an email that was sent to me. So anytime you get a nasty comment, you can simply remember all of those nice comments and all of the people that you've helped, or you can just go through your folder and reread all those comments to to make yourself feel good and to focus on the positive. Don't focus on, on that one negative, on that one person that you didn't resonate with. And I want to, I want you to also not let other people not not even give them an invitation to participate in your life to pers- participate and control your dreams that way so my dream 
I want to have a business where I help aspiring wildlife biologists and I do science communication for the conservation of wildlife. That is my dream. I really, really want that. And the other month, the other month, a couple of months ago, I got a comment on my social media that bothered me. And it said, they used to really love my account, but now they thought it was way too self-promoting. And yeah, it bothered me because this is this is something that I, I want for myself, this this business. And basically somebody said they don't like what I'm doing. Now I could have held back, I could have stopped promoting myself, stopped promoting my products, but I knew that that wasn't in alignment with who I was. I knew that wasn't going to help me. It was going to stop me from filling out my dream. And it was also going to prevent other people from getting help too. I create these courses and content because it's not out there. I teach stuff that you don't get taught in in graduate school, undergraduate school, professors don't know this information. Professors know how to become a professor. They don't know how to get these other jobs. And many of them have not experienced, or most of them have not experienced these, the, applying for these other jobs and going through this process. So am I going to let this one stranger on the internet ruin my dream of having this amazing business where I can do these amazing things. And in my business, I plan to support a lot of conservation research and donate to really great organizations. So I have all these like the amazing ideas of the ways that I want to help people and, and benefit the world. And what, what a sad world it would be if I let this one random person on the internet dictate my future. So don't give them that power. Again, focus on the good comments that you, you get and focus on the real people that you are helping out. If you have a small audience, if you are worried about your follower size, it has been so great to do these, these research questions and talking to everyone one-on-one because you realize there's a human behind that. There's a person behind that. So if you can engage more with your followers directly, that is that is so great if you're if you're really feeling bad about your follower numbers because I don't think follower numbers matter. It's about who you reach. Okay. What else? Okay, in terms of getting scientific information wrong. I I did go over that you can edit it or you can delete it. But another thing to remember is that most things blow over. If you think about celebrity scandals, I mean, there's so many, or politicians, there's so many things that have happened that people have bounced back from. I mean, I think of, like, for example, Alec Baldwin had that, like, terrible video recording of what he said about his daughter. And, you know, he was on Saturday Night Live playing Trump, and, and people loved him. You know, Kim Kardashian, she got her start from a tape, and she's a billionaire now. Lots of people love her. So 
these things blow over people forget pretty easily and I'm going to give you an example from our experience I was part of this project and this one reporter really liked following our Facebook group and it was dealing with camera traps and we wanted to engage our 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 audience so we posted this picture and we said do you know what animal this is as a means for them to guess and engage them of course we knew what animal it was but this reporter actually did a story about it in the Charlotte Observer saying that scientists at the museum didn't know what animal this was. So I brought it to the attention of my boss. And, you know, this is something I was like, oh, my God, you know, we got to clear this up and this is misinformation. And he just wasn't phased at all. He's just like, this stuff blows over. People forget about it. And I mean, nobody's ever talked about it to me. Nobody's ever brought it up at all. So again, like really understand that most of this stuff blows over. You can recover, bounce back, and it's not as bad um, as you think it is usually. Okay, something to think about. This may be a little controversial, But another thing I think about is, am I attracting negative energy? Or sorry, am I attracting negative comments? And what I mean by that is, so I like to think about the law of attraction, which I know is kind of woo-woo, but for me, it always made sense in this way. So the law of attraction is basically like the energy that you are, you attract that kind of energy into your life. So if you're really positive, um, happy, go lucky, outgoing, you're going to attract that like same type of, of person and energy. And I... Totally think this is true because I use this example of being in a relationship. When you are single or when I was single, this was my experience and I've seen this happen to a lot of my friends. You really want to get with somebody and you're like, there's nobody out there. I have nobody to date. Like all the good people are taken. You kind of have this negative attitude. But when you are in a relationship, you are so happy and all of a sudden out of the woodworks like all these people will come out and ask you to go on dates with them and stuff like that and you're like where were you when I was single like why is everyone asking me out now and I believe it has to do with the way that you carry yourself and your energy when you are in a relationship in a new relationship you are really happy and and you're being your best self so that's the way I like to think about the law of attraction and it's I think it works similarly on social media too. Am I putting out content that makes people feel good about themselves, that empowers people, that gives them meaningful, interesting information? Am I doing in it in it? Am I doing it in a way where I am feeling love and compassion towards my audience? If so, I believe it's hard to attract negative, hateful comments. People may disagree with you, but they're probably going to be nicer about it. It's 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 hard to be to be mean to a person who has has really good intentions, which which I do, and is they really care. So that's something that I have also started to think about. Another way that I deal with comments is that you could use it for new content too. So for example, with the Black Panther video, a lot of people are upset because I don't 
believe the stories. So people say that they see Black Panthers, but they have no photo evidence. And I actually want to do a follow-up video to explain that it's not just like those people. It's not that scientists don't believe non-scientists. I want to do a follow-up about like how species are verified in the wild. So for example, if a, a, a species was thought to be extinct and it was rediscovered, or recently there were photos of what was thought to be a Tasmanian tiger, which is a species that has been extinct now for I think 100 years. And there's been a couple of instances like that. So how do scientists verify the photos? Because in the case of the Tasmanian tiger, I believe it was another scientist that found these photos. So it's not just the, you know, that we don't believe non-scientists. It's that we would take scientists through this exact same process that we are taking the public through. So that's an idea for, for new content for me. I know Emily Grassley of The Brain Scoop, she got a lot of negative comments on her YouTube channel and she turned it into a video just reading the comments. And I think it's like one of her most watched videos. So it could be that it's it's more fodder for your content. So and it means again, people are watching, people are engaging, you're you're touching upon something important. Okay, so the last thing that I wanted to talk about is how I deal with comments is and rejection and criticism. I have literally brainwashed myself. <laughs> I really have. So much of your thoughts come from your subconscious mind. And we choose our thoughts. I really never acknowledge that before like I just thought I had this running tape and it just played automatically in my head but you get to choose your thoughts well you get to choose your thoughts to an extent so you do have this tape and the tape plays and if you keep letting it play it's going to keep playing the same thing but if you work on changing the tape eventually the tape is going to be replaced with new tape it's going to record over. So those are your new thoughts. So I actively work on my mind every single day and work on reprogramming my subconscious. So there's many ways that I do this. Like I mentioned, I am into manifestation and I took a course on it. And it's been so helpful for me to retrain my brain into thinking this way, thinking the way that I've shared with you today. So I do a lot of journaling. I do affirmations. I do affirmations I believe in, though. That's really important. I work on dismantling old belief systems and creating new belief systems. I do that by looking for examples of people who have succeeded in the ways that I want to succeed and giving myself lots of evidence, surrounding myself with podcasts, books that are enlightening and that put me in the mindset that I want to be in. This is, it's not easy. I've literally been doing this for years now, but I have seen a major, major difference in myself. I grew up from a very, they call themselves realistic, but honestly, it was a negative family thought. That was the tape that was always going through my head. So I have actively worked to, to change that for myself. 
and believe in my own worth, believe in my own worthiness, and that no one can take that away from me. So if you're interested, maybe I'll do some future episodes on on that as well. If you're interested in learning more about how I do manifestation, how I work on reprogramming my subconscious mind. And again, for those of you who think this is all woo-woo, The placebo effect is essentially manifestation. And scientists for sure believe in the placebo effect. So the placebo effect is when you get something, you get like a a medication or maybe it could be like a fake injection. They've even done cases of fake surgeries. And you get better because you think that you got something to make you feel better. So they would give you a sugar pill instead of the real pills. And drugs, when they are coming out of trials, they have to pass placebo tests. They have to be more effective than the placebo effect. You're not getting anything in your body to help you feel better. It is all in your mind. Your mind is a powerful tool. In the past few years, I've learned how to use my mind. And then actually, last comment I want to say, this one was from graduate school, and I've kind of adopted it now with my more manifestation mindset is, oh, and I also love this too. I'll give you, I'll give you actually a couple of comments. So the first one is from Ray Semlich. He was my committee member. He was a committee member of mine during my PhD. He's a really astound, he's a really prestigious amphibian biologist or herpetologist. And unfortunately he passed away from cancer. But I asked him a, a, a question about how do I not let negative comments hurt me? And he said, just imagine them going off your back. Like imagine, like like actually visualize the comments, like the words hitting you and just like rolling down your back. And I did that. And for real, it helped. And I love RuPaul's Drag Race. And my favorite season is season five with Jinx Monsoon. And Jinx would say water off a duck's back every time she received comments from the judges. And I love that. Because it's the same thing. Be- the comments are like beads of water going off a duck's back. Ducks stay dry. The water just goes right off. Now, actually, what I do is I like to visualize I'm in a bubble, like a protective bubble, and the comments can't affect me and they can't, they can't bother me that I am innately and divinely protected. Okay. So, wow. I've talked about that for 40 minutes. So I really hope that that this episode encourages you to be brave. If you are doing science communication and love it and want to do it or want to start it, keep doing it, get started, put yourself out there. The people behind the screen, just one person, one thought, maybe they had a bad day, maybe they don't like you, that's okay. But there will be lots and lots and lots and lots of people who do like you. Focus on them. Focus on helping them and getting them excited about your research, your science, or whatever you have to offer. So thank you guys so much. I would love it if um, you give me some feedback on this episode, what you're interested in hearing in the future. I had such a great time talking to you guys today about this stuff, and I hope you have an amazing day. Bye. If you liked this episode, care about wildlife, care about conservation, 
or know somebody who is interested in going into wildlife biology careers, please share this episode. You can also rate and review my podcast that really helps people find it. My goal is to spread messages of conservation and kindness for wildlife and to help people navigate wildlife biology careers. Rating and reviewing my podcast really helps other people find it. If you have questions or show ideas, you can find me at fancyscientist.com. My social media handles are at fancyscientist. On Instagram, there's an underscore between fancy and scientist. You can also send an email to hello at fancyscientist.com. If you're an aspiring wildlife biologist, ecologist, or zoologist, you can join me every Wednesday at 12 p.m. Eastern Standard Time for Facebook Live, where I answer different career questions. You can also ask me questions on the spot. I'm here for you. Thank you so much for listening. I appreciate every single one of you. I am so grateful for you. I hope you have an amazing day. Be kind to animals and be kind to each other.